0: Hi, I'm David Farrier, a New Zealander accidentally marooned in America, and I want to grasp what makes this country tick. And what I've grasped is that a lot of Americans are planning for what to do when this country stops ticking.
1: You trust your home to keep your family safe, but there are many threats that don't stop at locked doors and brick walls. Your house isn't made to withstand uncertain dangers.
0: It turns out 40% of Americans believe that stocking up on supplies or building an underground shelter is a better investment than saving for retirement. But what are people worried about? Well, according to this ad, I got served on Facebook for a bunker building company. A lot of things. Natural disasters, home invasion, or social unrest. Now, a few years ago, I would have put America's passion for prepping down to paranoia. But then the pandemic happened. I saw how quickly that toilet paper disappeared off the shelves. Since the pandemic, some surveys have 45% of Americans spending money on survival materials, up 20% on pre-pandemic 2019. Building a bunker is a step further, but a step that isn't just in the domain of wacky reality TV anymore, and all that worry and dread has meant bunkers are now a multi-billion dollar a year industry. So... Grab as much tin food as you can, and say goodbye to civilization as you go underground into your heavily fortified subterranean space. Because this is the Bunkers episode.
1: Flightless, flightless, flightless bird touchdown in America. I'm a flightless bird touchdown in America.
0: As an American, yeah. what do you think of bunkers, if anything?
2: I mean, I think they're for paranoid people.
0: Mm-hmm. Do it's... you have a bunker?
2: <laughs> Not yet.
0: Does Dex have a bunker? No. No bunker.
2: Okay. No, I don't know anyone who has one. And I do have a friend, Eric, who we mm-hmm. talk about frequently mm-hmm. on Armchair, He's our kookiest friend. He has tortoises. (laughs) He's great. Yep. He is great. He's a wonderful person. But yeah, he has tortoises in case (laughs) the world is ending (laughs) and he needs to eat them.
0: I thought he was joking originally when he said this. And, you know, he doesn't want to eat them, obviously. No. But yeah, it's basically, it's this end. (laughs) It's like (laughs) if you're going to buy any animal, there's so much meat and they last forever. It's like fresh forever. Yep. It's so funny. They're the sweetest things as well.
2: I know. I want
0: a pet tortoise.
2: Okay, well, where are you going to put it?
0: That's a good point. I don't have any outdoor area in my tiny one bedroom (laughs) apartment. That could be a problem. Bunkers to me are a deeply American thing, probably because I've watched so many reality shows where people have bunkers.
2: You have to educate me because when you said we were going to do this episode, I was like, shouldn't this be for armchair and dangerous? Because this is not, what?
0: No, this is mainstream. And the pandemic did make people more acutely aware that society can potentially change very quickly. The idea of having a safe underground space is really popular. Sidebar, and something I only clocked recently, is that in America, everyone (laughs) has addicts. Mm-hmm. And basements. Yeah. Attics are Very pretty common. standard.
2: Yeah. A basement is dependent on where you live.
0: Okay. So I'm guessing New York has more basements. Or I'm just thinking of when you're in New York, you've got those little underground, but that's more shops, isn't it? Under the shops, they've always got those <laughs> stairways where you go underground, like a little mole.
2: Yeah. I don't know because I've never lived there. I don't know about apartment.
0: I think of every American horror film I've seen. Yes. Because basically I was rewatching Hereditary with a friend.
2: Oh, I saw that recently.
0: Oh, how scary is that film?
2: Wow. It's so intense. It is, and it's very scary, but it was built up for me. I wasn't as scared as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Because that's not scary to me. No, no. Like spirits and stuff.
0: It's more unsettling. Yeah. Like it's pretty bleak when certain things go on and towards the end – when things are happening, it's so tense and uncomfortable because it's this weird family, awful drama in the middle of the horror. It's a lot. But But you weren't like giggling all the way through. (laughs) It was still like a lot, right? It it was. Anyway, the whole culmination of that film was in the attic. And I was watching it thinking, in New Zealand, this wouldn't really happen because we don't really have attics. We have spaces in the roof, but they're not utilized like they are in America with this little stairwell that you can pull down. It's more cut off.
2: And is it because the New Zealanders don't care about storage?
0: It's a really good question because there's so much unused space up there. Yeah. I honestly don't know. If I ever make it back to New Zealand, (laughs) I'm going to introduce the idea that the space up above you can actually be used. You can put a little ladder up there. Yes. You can have some horrific horror things play out if you're in a horror film.
2: Yeah, you can put your costume boxes up there. All of
0: that. But no, with this, I got to thinking about bunkers then because obviously with attics – And then you've also got basements where you can sort of store stuff. And then that kind of, I think, goes into the bunker territory where people like the idea of being able to seal themselves underground to be safe.
2: That part is weird to me because I feel like being underground is associated with fear and being stuck.
0: Totally. I'm the same. In saying that, when I was a kid, I got obsessed with tunnels and being underground. No. I was a weird little kid. And my dad was like the loveliest man and would, you know, he really wanted me to have a good life in Aww. any way he could give it to me. And so while most kids in New Zealand wanted a tree house, <laughs> I wanted a little tunnel. And my dad, which is crazy <laughs> to think about, he dug me this tunnel that no. went like down under our driveway which structure wise is probably quite dangerous because you've got cars coming over the top. But I'm not talking like a little tunnel. He reinforced it with wood. So if I needed to like some alone time, I'd just like a little mole disappear under like under the ground. No. And I'd spend hours under there. Yeah, and I sort of understood the joy of having, because it was my secret space. It's like, where's David? We don't know where he is. I'd be in my little New Zealand bunker.
2: Oh, my God. First of all, your dad, that's so, so sweet. I know, it's
0: almost like psychotically kind out there digging for his son. (laughs) Like, dig me out. Dig me a hole, Dad.
2: Dad, and I he, want a tunnel. <laughs> little,
0: Build me a the tunnel. Little kid. <laughs> and he did. He was out there and built me a tunnel. I can't describe how exciting it was. It had like a little secret lid that was covered in foliage. So I'd go down in my tunnel and I'd pull the little roof over and put it no, down. But
2: also I have so much anxiety thinking about that. Did you ever almost get trapped?
0: No, there was no trap. I had a little ladder to get out. But could, what if it very, gets
2: sealed too tight? Oh, it,
0: That would be horrific. But also, everyone would know where I was. They were like, where's Dave? He'll be in his hole. They'd know.
2: <laughs> oh my God, you are so cinnamon. You've been cinnamon your whole life.
0: And I actually completely forgot about that until I was researching this Bunky episode. And I did enjoy it so much. And it's my personal theory that if you are into prepping and having this safe space underground, It is kind of fun, and it's secretive, and it's exciting, and I think that's why people get into it in such a heavy way. Yeah. Holy shit.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) What'd you do? Read books? Watch porn? No, it was
0: dark. It was dark? was it? You're underground. There was no lighting, so I'd just be sitting in there (laughs) in the dark, and there was no internet.
2: Right, so what were you doing? Just down there. Wait, what? You're I'm just, just sitting? being
0: underground. Yeah, because it was exciting. Because I was sort of, <laughs> my thinking was, oh, no one can find me. Like, no one else has a little tunnel. <laughs> and you have an imagination when you're a kid. Yeah, I would have been, I don't know, I would have been, I don't know, seven or eight or something like that. Like, I had an imagination. Maybe the world's come to an end, or maybe I'm like hiding from a baddie. I had all sorts of things going on my in my head. Daddy!
2: Stop. <laughs> Is a baddie a bad guy?
0: Yeah, a baddie. The world is made up of goodies and baddies. Oh, my God. Are you unaware of the way the world works, Monica? That's the is main rule. Is
2: this a TikTok trend or something I don't know about?
0: No, no, it's it's literally, it's just a life fact. Yeah, life oh. is made up of goodies and baddies.
2: <laughs> sounds like a bad religious thing that's infiltrated. I love learning about you.
0: Sorry, it's a lot. But one thing I learned as well when researching this topic is that Johnny Depp, Back Uh in 2017, Uh he owned a lot of properties that were quite close to each other, and he was getting sick of the paparazzi coming over in drones and helicopters, so he connected quite a number of his homes together with underground Tunnels.
2: tunnels.
0: And I really like this headline from 2017, Johnny Depp close to completing transformation into mole person.
2: Dax and Kristen and I Mm. want to build a tunnel from my house to this house. Oh, you just bring
0: this up now? You're laughing at me about having my little tunnel? You're an adult. (laughs)
2: Well, we're not really going to do it. We're not really. But honestly... I want to do it because, like, how fun and yes, exactly. You secretive. get it. You're getting all the
0: things, all the things that you were laughing at me for. You now understand. You're
2: right, but I'd be very scared in that tunnel. I'd be yeah. like running through it so fast because I'm afraid everything's going to collapse.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're thinking like quite a big tunnel. My tunnel, you couldn't run through it. You'd like that was the exciting thing. You'd kind of crawl underground. <laughs>
2: no, that's even scarier. That's like so claustrophobic.
0: Yeah, and I, now I think about it, I did just watch that film about the. Thai cave rescue and it was so claustrophobic and awful. Also, I feel like I've gotten more scared of claustrophobia and dark places than when I was a kid. Well, I think as an adult, you get more scared, right?
2: I'm the exact same way. I'm yep. way more scared of everything mm-hmm. now. And I maybe it's because when you're small, like maybe it's just because mm-hmm. literally you're smaller. Yeah. So things are less cost. Also oh, there's that less,
0: there's that. But I mean just with everything, I feel like when I was a kid I didn't used to be as scared of heights. Yes. I'm more scared of heights now Same. and speed and all that kind of stuff.
2: I think we just know too much.
0: We know how awful the world is, which is Baddies. why maybe you're in the market for a bunker because the world is scary. Mm. And that's what I learn about in my documentary.
2: But we forgot to talk to people.
0: Oh, I didn't this week. Oh, great. Okay, no, so perfect. I tried, but no one really knew anything <laughs> about bunkers. So a bit like us, like you, like what? Bunkers? Y- yeah. I started thinking about bunkers and prepping when I saw that ad on Facebook. Like natural disasters, home
1: invasion, or social unrest.
0: I kept playing it on loop, transfixed at the fancy visuals and manly voiceover
1: they're the safest, longest-lasting, most dependable on the market. I'm Clyde Scott, owner of Rising S Bunkers.
0: I googled Clive Scott of Rising S Bunkers and found his website. He was a polite-looking man with a tidy beard. We don't sell fear, we sell preparedness, announced the website. Their logo had three crosses coming out of it. I decided to give Clive a call. This is Gary. Hello, it's David speaking. How are you doing? All right. I got Gary, not Clive. But Gary seemed to know what's going on.
1: My name is Gary Lynch. It's Rising S Company. I'm the general manager. We are located in north central Texas in the Dallas area. Great. And when did you get into the bunker game? Uh, Rising S Company started out as a general steel fabrication company. And then early on, uh, we started building steel stone shelters for both commercial and residential markets. turns out, you know, after we built the structure, we added a sink and some beds and a 40-foot escape tunnel. <laughs> anyway, it was a bunker. We thought, oh, that was cool. Bunkers are cool. I
0: remember when I was a kid, there was nothing cooler than the idea of a personal underground bunker. I look at the pricing of Gary's bunkers. The 8x12 mini bunker comes in at just over $45,000. Then you get up into the Silver Leaf series, which are just over $180,000. Then you go extreme bunkers with names like the Patriot, the Fortress, and the General.
1: That particular shelter has got common areas for restroom and laundry, tool storage, separate utility and power room with workshop, individual suites, large bunk areas. It's got educational facility, the dining hall, a gym for working out, security headquarters. It's really a good set place for a large Type operation. And it's not really considered luxury. You know, you start getting into the luxury series and you'll start seeing them with bowling alleys, uh, greenhouses, uh, swimming pools, hot tubs, game rooms, shooting ranges underground, things like that. Really the possibilities are limitless. If you come to me and said, can you do this? My initial answer is going to be yes, because I can. Anything that can be built above ground, I can build below ground. My only limitations are your willingness to pay for it. The general, that one he described
0: earlier, comes in at $1.8 million. And while Gary stumbled into the bunker business, he says he did grow up in a prepping household.
1: We did grow up with a prepper mentality. We were always aware of political corruption and never had a full-on trust for what we were told at face value. You know, we wanted to investigate a little further. The United States is a tinderbox. Even the smallest spark can ignite a fire. At some point, I'm afraid that that fire is going to go nationwide. Combine that with uh, the 20-whatever trillion dollars we are in debt, our economy is very volatile, we have weather events, got a world superpower in, in Putin threatening to use nuclear weapons on the rest of the world. How many reasons do you need to buy a bunker?
0: I have to admit, Gary had me starting to think there was something in this bunker business. But I had to get real. Gary was a salesman, a merchant of doom, a man preying on my own fears and insecurities. I wanted to talk to someone with a more neutral stance on bunkers.
3: I've got a PhD in cultural geography, which is
0: a kind of weird hybrid of anthropology and geography. Bradley Garrett does ethnographic research. He spends time in communities trying to understand how they construct their sense of space and place, and how people transform spaces into places. For his PhD, he immersed himself in the world of urban explorers, people who sneak off into restricted places, everything from construction sites to Chernobyl. It was while doing that research he snuck into the Shard while it was still under construction. The Shard is the tallest building in the UK. Brad climbed to the top and took some photos, which really angered the police. To be more specific, the UK Transport Police.
3: And they launched an operation called Operation Cherry. Do you know you're in trouble when you're being chased by the transport police, right? Right, yeah. I mean, it sounds so innocuous. You know, it's like, ah, it's the transport police. What are they going to do? Well, I'll tell you what they can do. (laughs) When you fly into the United Kingdom, the British transport police can stop a plane on the runway, which is what they did, because we were never arrested actually exploring anything. But they were building this case in the background and they had blog photos and posts. So they stopped the plane on the runway and they arrested me. And I found out while I was there that they were raiding my house. So they dropped me off a couple days later on bail. And I arrived at my front door and it had been taken down with a battering ram and was locked
0: up with padlocks. Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This episode of Flightless Bird is brought to you by Primal Kitchen. I'm new to America, I'm learning about all the foods here. All I know is that I really like Primal Kitchen's sauces.
2: They have great products Great ingredients I have a Primal Kitchen mayonnaise Mm -hmm. That has avocado oil in it So I feel a little bit less guilty About putting a bunch of mayonnaise all over stuff Because I love mayonnaise
0: I've been trying to perfect my burger cooking (gasps) They're not great yet But add some of this ketchup on there And I'm sorted Makes it better And very happy Primal Kitchen products are made with high quality ingredients Good fats from plant based oils No artificial sweetener Big win there Most importantly delicious flavor that make choosing products for you and your family easier than ever. Life isn't meant to be lived with sauce on the side. Put it over everything. Oh, they do a ranch as well. And the ranch is really good. Ranch is something we don't really celebrate in New Zealand. And I think one of the best things about America is ranch.
2: Can I encourage you next time you order a pizza to pull out that Primal Kitchen ranch and dip your pizza in the ranch. In addition to their delicious high quality products, Primal Kitchen also has a very awesome, simple mission, which is to change the way the world eats with real food that uplifts and empowers us, which we love. We're on board for that.
0: You can find Primal Kitchen in your local grocery store, or you can just visit primalkitchen.com slash flightlessbird to get 20% off your order and get grilling. Flight This Bird is brought to you by Athletic Greens. This is now, it's just part of my day. I wake up in the morning, I mix it into some water, I swallow it and I can go into the day knowing that I have all the good green things that I need in my life already in my body.
2: I also love to start the day in a routine. And sometimes that means coffee or tea, Mm -hmm. but then it's a lot of caffeine. So I've been replacing it with AG1 because it's super healthy.
0: In the morning, I make my bed and I have AG1. And that just psychologically means that I'm ready to do the entire day.
2: It has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Everything you want to get, you get it all at once.
0: It's a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of your body.
2: Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of mm-hmm. immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase.
0: All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash flightless again that's athleticgreens.com slash flightless to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance the american now faced charges in the uk over the shard and his other ventures into closed off subway systems and world war ii bunkers they placed him on bail and took his passport away and brad was marooned for two years in the uk All his research on hold eventually he got his date in court and got a conditional discharge he came back to america and started writing a book about something he'd been thinking about a lot over his travels bunkers
3: because of my background in urban exploration i had been into many of these bunkers and when i started reading these stories about private individuals building bunkers that were kind of rivaling what governments were building i knew that these were going to be interesting characters and that it was going to be an interesting story My entryway was actually a bunker that I had already explored in the UK. It's called the Burlington Bunker, and it's about an hour outside of London under Wiltshire. It was built in 1956. It was the bunker that the UK government would have been evacuated to in the event of a nuclear attack on London. It was built from an old mine, and there was just enough wiggle room in one of the doors that we could kind of pry it open and then reach behind and unscrew the latch on the door. And... When the door swung open, it was like Narnia. Suddenly there was this underground city. There were about 90 kilometers of roads, an underground reservoir where they could pull drinking water from, industrial kitchens, BBC broadcast facilities, dormitories. And the coolest thing was a library that had every book and document that you
0: would need to reconstruct the UK government
3: in the event of a nuclear attack.
0: Brad says that he and some other urban explorers published a bunch of photos from inside the bunker, making a previously quite secret bunker much less secret. The government
3: made the decision after we published all of the photos of the bunker to put it up for sale. Because what do you do with a bunker that is totally exposed, you know? (laughs) Who's going to buy this thing? What are they going to turn it into, a data center, a mushroom farm? What do you do with an abandoned government bunker?
0: I love this guy. He was such an amazing find because he's an academic. He's written this book called Bunker. He's also kind of badass. He's explored some of the most closed-off secretive places on the planet. He's done Chernobyl. He ended up in the UK in this incredible space that they were going to use to rebuild UK society if there was a (laughs) nuclear attack. This guy's kind of outrageous. Yeah,
2: he's a rascal.
0: And I kind of identified with him because he got stranded in another country for two years Different reason to me.
2: Wow. So yeah,
0: this guy's kind of amazing.
2: Very cool. Also, what a world.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. So there's this world of rising S-bunkers, that guy who's making commercial bunkers underground. But then there's governments that are creating them as well because underground is safe. And if there's any kind of nuclear fallout, underground is where we should all go like little moles.
2: But is underground (laughs) safe?
0: I mean, what are your other options? That's the thing. It's like, where else do you go?
2: But it's like Everything can collapse I mean this is why At my house They've done all this Foundation reporting And soil And blah 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 When he says You can build anything Below ground That is not true (laughs) I am in the process Of trying to actually Build down
0: Yeah right Not that easy
2: And it's not that easy Yeah it was
0: quite A blanket statement He gave (laughs) Was there anything You can do above ground I can do underground I kind of like His enthusiasm
2: Secret bowling alley Is cool
0: Oh it's so cool And this stuff exists if you have enough money. Also,
2: the prices on these things are extreme. Oh, yeah.
0: Two million dollars if you probably want that bowling lane uh, in an underground little house. But it's gone far beyond the idea of this tiny storm shelter to protect from a tornado. In America, I mean, I love how far people take things here. Americans can go really big.
2: Yeah. And part of me
0: kind of admires how crazy those commercial bunkers can get.
2: I'm a little skeptical of this just being an American thing, even though I believe you and I trust mm. you. Well, also, that was in the UK.
0: Yeah, there are bunkers everywhere. Yeah. That's fair. I think what America has done really well is commercialized the bunker Absolutely. and made it and like sold it to people.
2: Yes. <laughs> we know how to sell. But the names of the bunkers were so. American,
0: the patriot, the patriot, the general,
2: it's hard for me to hear those names and not think about a very specific type of person.
0: hundred percent. And that's where we kind of go to next in this documentary is who is into bunkers and where it goes. But the first thing, of course, we wanted to answer was who ended up buying that British bunker or who wanted that British bunker yes. when they were selling it off. One of the potential buyers turned out to be a property developer from California called Robert Ficino. He wanted to build what he called an apocalypse community.
3: He said that he had a dream in 1986 that he was a sort of prophet anointed to ferry humanity through the apocalypse. And he developed this company called the Vivos Group, which their stated goal is to ferry 0.001% of the human population through the apocalypse into the next age, into what preppers call the paw, the post apocalyptic world.
0: Robert Vecino lost the bidding. I did some Googling and it looks like the bunker's still up for sale. A headline from The Independent reading Underground nuclear bunker with 56 bedrooms goes on sale for £435,000. That's just over half a million US dollars. Not that bad for 56 bedrooms. Now, I guess in my mind, Robert Vecino is that stereotypical prepper I tend to think of, someone who's a bit eccentric, the odd apocalyptic vision here and there. But as far as bunkers go, humans have always loved digging.
3: I think subterranean space is absolutely fundamental to human consciousness and culture. You think about the cave paintings in Lascaux, people that are down there tens of thousands of years ago, putting these paintings on the wall in subterranean space, which was probably a sanctuary of sorts. For thousands of years, we've stored our thoughts and ideas and goods and people and animals underground for protection. And it's also where we bury our dead. And this idea that there's some kind of afterlife down there, there's some kind of spiritual significance. So I wasn't surprised when I began my research to find that there were these mythical and utilitarian connections that went back thousands of years. one of my favorite examples is Cappadocia in what is now Turkey. There's one city in particular that can house up to 20,000 people underground. They built these ventilation shafts to the surface to get air into the cavern system, which even today would be an incredible feat of engineering. But they built these 2,000 years ago.
0: So, bunking isn't a new thing, it's just being commodified more, especially here in America, because that's what Americans tend to do. Things were kickstarted by the so-called doom boom of the 1960s, when John F. Kennedy gave a speech urging Americans to protect themselves, and Life magazine featured a prefab shelter kit. Americans built millions of nuclear fallout shelters in their backyards. Nuclear paranoia really has a lot to answer for in all this.
3: And what's interesting about the Cold War is it's the first time where the state abdicates their responsibility to protect people. And they say, hey, this nuclear bomb could drop at any time. And in fact, you should dig up your backyard because we don't have a plan for you. And uh, you should probably have a bunker for you and your family. And we move from that model into the bunkers of today where the private sector is mirroring what governments were
1: building in the Cold War. The lower you get, the more barriers there are likely to be against blast, heat and radioactivity."
0: Brad's book about bunkers ended up being called Bunkers. He traveled to eight countries to explore their bunker culture, from America to Thailand, interviewing over a hundred people along the way. Now it always assumed that American prepping culture was tied in with the Evangelical Christian movement and Mormons, people who thought we were living through the end times people who had a tribulation to prepare for. But Bradley says the ultra-religious make up just a small part of the prepping community here.
3: Most of the preppers that I met are worried about the things we're all worried about, about climate change, about the war in Ukraine, about North Korea testing missiles, conflict with China, uh, civil war in the United States. And then that kind of graduates up to nuclear war or an electromagnetic pulse, which I've become weirdly concerned about.
0: Yeah, that's right. In writing this book, Bradley's sort of become a prepper himself.
3: The more research I do into EMPs, the more I'm concerned that this is the thing we should actually be prepping for.
0: Until about 10 seconds ago, I thought of the electromagnetic pulse as the thing of thrillers in action films, Mission Impossible and The Fast and Furious.
3: 400 meters to base.
1: Prep the EMP, let's take these defenses down.
0: You fire off an EMP that disables all electronics, and suddenly Dom Toretto can break into a nuclear facility. But what Bradley is talking about is something much bigger.
3: There was an event in the mid 19th century called the Carrington Event. It was a CME, a coronal mass ejection from the sun. Essentially, every once in a while, the sun just kind of burps plasma. And that energy shoots down at the Earth, and it hits the ionosphere, and it magnetizes it. So this is why we see the borealis, the northern lights. That's the ionosphere being magnetized. There was an event in in the mid-19th century where there was a very large burp, and it fried telegraph lines across Canada. People in New York City were reading newspapers by the Borealis. I mean, it caused a huge amount of damage. And I read some government reports that essentially said that if there were a Carrington-sized event today, that it would wipe out most cars that now run on electricity and computer systems. ATMs would go down, phones would go down, computers would go down, electricity lines would go down.
0: As Brad's talking, I remember the reason I wanted to talk to him was for an objective point of view. Something different to the bunker commercials on YouTube. Like natural disasters, home invasion, or social unrest. But increasingly, Brad's sounding just as worried as the voiceover guy. Or maybe he is being objective. Maybe I'm playing it safe in the typical laid back Kiwi way where we encounter a problem and just go, she'll be right, bro, cheers. Maybe I need to become more American and actually start being worried.
3: Then I found that the government has actually been investing millions of dollars in upgrading the infrastructure on power lines to be able to absorb an EMP. But the report also said that there not nearly enough has been done. Then here's the clincher. I went back and looked at how often these sorts of events happen. And they're about every hundred years. So we're massively overdue for a, a coronal mass ejection. And this sounds like a conspiracy theory. And I understand that. I have a PhD. <laughs> I know what this sounds like. But when I was interviewing people in 2017, 2018, I had them telling me over and over again, hey, you know, pandemics happen about every 100 years and we're overdue for a pandemic. And of course, you know, being the skeptical researcher that I was, I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm sure we have a plan for that. (laughs) And that doesn't mean that you have to build a multimillion-dollar bunker to survive a zombie apocalypse. It could mean that if you have the capacity to do so, and the space, importantly, you could stockpile three weeks of food and water and have a backup generator just in case something does happen. It qu- sort of gives you some breathing room to figure out what you're going to do. And that argument makes sense to a lot more people now after going through the pandemic. That in those first few weeks and months, we were like, what is this? What are we doing? And we all rushed out and bought toilet paper and bottled water. And I was in Los Angeles and had this epiphany when I went into the grocery store and basically all of the fruits and vegetables were gone.
0: You can see why prepping became more of a thing during the pandemic. It was no longer the domain of the paranoid. It was a storyline in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's <sighs> a COVID hoarder. Albert Brooks is a COVID hoarder. He's a fucking COVID it's hoarder. A COVID hoarder. Uh-huh. Albert's a COVID hoarder.
3: Three weeks into the pandemic, I drove down to uh, Redondo Beach I had often been running on the boardwalk and people are roller skating and riding bikes and playing volleyball. And I parked at the beach and there was no one there. And I walked over to the cliff's edge and looked down and the beach was totally empty. And then I looked around me and there was grass growing out of the sidewalk, you know, like growing through the cracks in the sidewalk. And I was like, if this is three weeks, what does three months look like? And then all of these interviews that I had been doing for years with these preppers who were telling me this is inevitable... And it's normal. And we should just be prepared to deal with these sorts of situations. They suddenly took on a whole new gravity.
0: In writing his book, Bradley has entered the mindset of the prepper, the bunker enthusiast. And I'm pretty sure some of it's caught. He tells me he was literally digging out his house last week. He's got a quarter acre property in the mountains of California. He's got a backup generator and a crawl space under the house that he's digging and leveling out. He's stockpiling a few things. A few supplies here and there, nothing too dramatic. He's yet to invest in a multi-million dollar professionally built bunker. But he tells me that he clocks life is fragile and that many in America are starting to feel more and more like that. Maybe this is just the world we live in now. People want to go off grid.
3: They want to build something sustainable. They want to be in a community that is growing food. They want to have complementary skills where they can assist each other in disaster. All of that is part of survivability. And I think Americans have really come to the conclusion today that they want to be around people that they can trust. Relocalization of culture, I think, is where prepping is headed in the US.
0: Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Article. Now, just because we spend most of our time unconscious sleeping, quite possibly drooling all over the pillow, it doesn't mean we can't do it in style. I've never owned a good couch in my life. Mm. I infamously in New Zealand, Impulse bought a couch, Uh and it's one of the worst. My friends hated me for it. They hate sitting on it. I hate sitting on it. (laughs) I now have a couch on the way from Article that is pretty much my dream couch. Mm. It's one of those L shapes. It's supportive. It's comfortable. It looks good. This article couch is going to be the first couch I actually have had in my life that I like. And I'm excited about that.
2: Ugh, it's crazy because it's actually cheaper than some of these other Mm -hmm. traditional retail prices. Like, you can save up to 30% and the quality is so good.
0: Yeah, their team of designers focus on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction with a modern aesthetic of mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. It's got fast, affordable shipping available across the U.S. and Canada, and it's free on orders over $999, which is my couch scenario.
2: Oh, perfect. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash bird, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's A-R-T-I-C-L-E dot com slash bird for $50 off your first purchase. First purchase of $100 or more.
0: Things got pretty intense there. Whoa. I like seeing your face (laughs) as that was going on. (laughs) Just really quickly, I do want to talk about the coronal mass ejections from the sun. Because what he's talking about is right. But I, before this episode... Googled coronal mass ejection And there's actually A small one Heading for earth Like literally It's going to hit tomorrow No Yeah no It's bonkers A tiny one Is so it going to affect my eggs? Gonna get, no nothing's going <laughs> to All the eggs
2: Oh my god what if it kills when, all oh no. my eggs? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I've been growing them for
0: two weeks. It's on its way. So I just copied and pasted this news article. The sun is sending a storm to Earth over the next few days, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Our fiery star, the sun, spit out a series of bursts on Sunday that are now headed in the direction of our planet and could trigger a strong geomagnetic storm. So this basically, it's a really tiny one. It's scaled from G1 to G5 and if it does get up to a G5 in the future there would be widespread voltage control issues and some power grids could experience complete collapse or blackouts yeah so we're due for a big one it's like in fast and furious where they like fire an EMP to like get through the defenses It'll just drop out grids. They are trying to upgrade things at the moment so power lines and power stations don't go down. But it's just, it's funny. It's a problem that I was completely unaware of. And it's a real thing. And the sun could fart out this little problem to us (laughs) in the future. And that's when a bunker could be handy. So just something to worry about.
2: It is. But when he says, I know it sounds like a conspiracy theory. It does. At this point, my brain is fried. I'm like, what is a conspiracy theory? What is not? When people didn't believe in COVID, I was like, you guys are crazy. But mm-hmm. also, you guys are also crazy when you believe in QAnon. Like
0: the levels of truth. I don't know get what typical. to do. This yeah. One, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and I mean, we can't go around being worried about a coronal mass ejection from the sun, but it is something that could happen one day. I'm not surprised that often, but this really blew my mind, yeah. the fact that this is something that could happen. And, you know, this is a guy who wrote this book, Bunker. He's been investigating bunker culture and survivalist yeah. culture, and that was the one thing that really stepped out to worry him.
2: I know, but then do you think he's just, like, been so inundated in this that, like, the fear it is contagious? Yeah, it is
0: contagious. Yeah, I mean, he was thinking more like a prepper at the end of his book than right. at the beginning, and it's like, are you more paranoid or... Have you just learned the truth about the world we live in?
2: Or probably a mixture of both would be my guess.
0: One question I had for you, Mm -hmm. thinking about the government in the UK repopulating the planet from their underground bunker, (laughs) who would you put in a bunker (gasps) if you were tasked with bringing down, say, five people?
2: Oh, my God. Only five?
0: I'm going to give you five.
2: Okay. And
0: you would be locked underground for a year and then you would reemerge. To an empty world that you then have to repopulate who are you taking
2: well i think we need six so i can like <laughs> pair people i'll pair
0: people up okay. yeah I, I like this okay
2: am i counted you're
0: counted you're part of it
2: i'm unless,
0: in. You're, unless you want to die up above ground you're underground go underground with them
2: i feel unethical taking a spot
0: that's the tricky thing about this problem the UK government would have to make this decision: who gets the spot, yeah, who goes under, and that crazy American chap who was wanting to repopulate the planet. I think he wanted to take 0001 percent of the population down. That would in- turn into a complete nightmare. How do you? Can you, decide? you imagine? Oh, I mean, tickets for that bunker.
2: That's how you have mm. an apocalypse. Yeah, it's just a psychology putting totally, that out totally. there. Everyone will kill each other. They Truly. Would, they'd
0: murder each other for a spot. Yeah. people would go so septic. Which brings us back to what six? Scary. What five are you taking okay. down?
2: I'm going to take Obama.
0: Okay, Obama's there. Um, Does Michelle come down or are you leaving see, her? See, this is
2: where... The, oh, my God. This is where everything gets very... What about the kids? No, I Daddy, can't... Daddy, don't leave, I can't don't take leave us, kids.
0: Daddy. I can't. No, so he's like, I want to live. I'm going with Monica.
2: <laughs> no, Screw you guys. I haven't decided yet if I'm going. Why You're do I deserve it? you sacrificing yourself in
0: the nuclear storm. That's so nice.
2: I mean, if I, we're talking about repopulating mm. the entire...
0: Okay, so you're not out. Okay, I'm not you're, in. Okay, not in. Okay, so what six are you sending down? And these are people that have got to have skills because exactly. they're going to survive when they pop up into a nuclear wasteland.
2: Okay, Obama. <laughs> okay. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's the only person I feel confident about.
0: <laughs> He's going to emerge lonely.
2: Fuck. But I also need mm. young people.
0: Yeah, you want some young people because they have the whole future and they also have to repopulate. The planet
2: wow i wish i had ding 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 prepped for this
0: no it's hard i mean i'm thinking as you're thinking and i would struggle does brad Pitt get to go down there now you're in the bunker <laughs>
2: well he has pro- he's in there. Like, you're there he has well. face blindness and so do you so you guys can't come because that we want be... to
0: eliminate that from the gene <laughs> <Yeah>. pool
2: <laughs> no it'll be so frustrating in that bunker because there's only six every day yeah
0: brad it's me monica <laughs>
2: Brad, I'm sick of this. There's only six of us. Okay, can't you just know by now? Okay, but I do think we do need an entertainer down there. (laughs) Because that's the last
0: thing we need. That's
2: a long time and someone needs to make me laugh. Or again, I'm not there. (laughs) I'm not there, but they need to make other people laugh. So I'm going to say Chappelle.
0: Chappelle's going down. Okay.
2: um, Obama Chappelle. I need someone who can like build shit. God, Dax mm, mm, is mm, mm. if he was here he'd be vying for a spot and he'd say he could build shit and fly planes which he can't do.
0: I don't think I'll bring an entertainer down. <laughs> really? I don't think I'll bring Chappelle down. I would
2: We need a medical person. You need a
0: medical person. You need someone who's maybe good with cultivating plants and stuff when food. you come to the top sort of food, maybe a therapist to keep everyone on track. <sighs> No, we don't need that down At now. this
2: point, I don't think – I think I'm assuming the people I'm bringing down have been in therapy and they can then like –
0: They can carry those skills forward.
2: But you're right. Like a farmer, like somebody who mm. can cultivate food.
0: Yeah, because you're going to have to get up there and, and start things off again. I mean, six is too hard. <sighs> okay, it's going it, to
2: have to be a lottery.
0: I think it's also the most cancelable thing you can do yeah, as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, This is a horrible. Becomes, it becomes really, really tricky.
2: I feel fine saying Obama – Okay. And I'm going to st- stand there. we are settled on there. Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Is
0: Bill going down? <laughs> Do <we> need-
2: <laughs> I mean, look, I want to say absolutely because he's so innovative. Mm. But he's not a spring chick.
0: He's not a spring chick. We need people who have a lot of life left in them.
2: Yes.
0: I think every, most people need to be around 20, I think, between 20 and 30.
2: Well, then I'm already out.
0: Yeah, you're out. You're not in that bunker. I'm, oh. de- I'm definitely not in that bunker. <sighs> Okay, if you guys
2: want to apply, we'll put up something on Flightless Bird. Yeah,
0: like maybe just like send us some little messages on Instagram (laughs) or something and let us know who you would put in your bunker because we've obviously done a terrible job. We did
2: a bad job.
0: Another thing I found out while looking at bunkers, because if you're looking into bunker culture, you inevitably get into preppers and people that Want to survive when some awful thing happens. Yeah. So, not just bunkers, but everything. And I came across Jim Baker, Tammy Faye's no. partner. Yeah, so Jim Baker, so he used to be into the prosperity gospel, you know, yes. like all that kind of thing. And you get a lot of money from people. He got rich. It's done for fraud. Jim Baker is back. He is now into, uh, I wrote the word down because I'd never heard it before, apocalypticism.
2: Oh, So his whole
0: TV show currently is being like, the world is ending in our lifetime. We need to make sure we can survive. And he sells something that I just found very funny. He sells these giant buckets of food. And that's how he makes most of his money now in this business. So I guess the idea is if you had a bunker, you would fill it up with Jim Baker's buckets. But i am just show you a little video. Okay. And this has been edited, so it's slightly more chaotic than it would typically be. But this is... The stuff he sells for survivalists okay
3: the
2: collapse is coming oh,
3: doomsday God. clock for global market crash strikes one minute to midnight oh, you hear God. that john Bible says you're going to throw gold and silver in the streets tomorrow could we could look back and say the buckets are coming was the last day to order and get prepared i want to get i'm going to get some 22 22 no bucks. i'm going to buy Plus some a bonus of
0: six additional buckets <laughs> For total Wait till you see what's in it. Bucket. I want to show you something. All this food is for a gift of two thousand five hundred dollars. Eight like years of bulk food. This is the. This is what you should be doing. Wow, John, you come up, uh, you're, you're the right preacher. You told me to do this. We, <laughs> look at. They got shovels. By the way, get a shovel. These are foldable shovels. It, it'll <laughs> go in your backpack. This is how you dig the latrine. Ew we made up they've been cooking during the show wow. and this
3: rice is hot Woo, it's just me yeah, just
2: just <gasps> oh my god he's eating he took a handful of rice and ate it
0: buckets and buckets of no. rice no ew this is disturbing oh, I mean they just cooked this rice you know I'm hungry I've been on this show <laughs> for about five hours right now I have not put my hands in
2: <laughs> oh my god he keeps oh, I love you <laughs>
0: man I love you too so this is taking me down a real rabbit hole. I found out that Costco at the moment has a big sale on these survivalist buckets. And I'm going to go and get us some. And okay. I think we should sample for the Instagram some of this bucket food. Because
2: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> these buckets are huge. This bucket looks about, oh, it's almost the size of a small person. I mean, these will be terrible. Two and a half thousand dollars for about 20 buckets on his show. But basically, Jim Baker is still as bonkers as he's always been.
2: Yes. And and purely
0: into prepping.
2: Using the exact same methods as he was using before. It's all fear-based.
0: It's... Kind of crazy to watch, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, people are still falling for it because there is a certain amount, and this is the end of the spectrum, which is more kind of religious. The end is coming very soon, so we must get ready for it. It's that end of the prepping scale. But it's kind of fascinating to me. I love the idea of just having these giant buckets <laughs> of like, there'll be chicken and there'll be rice. It'll be awful. Ew. But let's try some.
2: Okay, okay, let's try some. Okay, but here's the thing. In L.A., we do like I have a emergency kit. It's an oh, okay. But yep. it's for earthquakes because we're, we're waiting due. for
0: one to hit. Yes. So what sort of stuff is in there?
2: All kinds of stuff. And Bandages. Mine's really cute. <laughs> uh, I've had a cute one. But yeah, there's like, you know, yeah. A little
0: heat blankets. Yes. You can wrap yourself up in a little bit of foil.
2: <laughs> yep. Band-Aids. There's like band aids. I think there's some like food, like okay. bars. Okay. And there's where do you kinds. keep that in
0: the house? Is it in the pantry or like the wardrobe?
2: I keep it in my closet. Okay. Mine's not very big. You can get like huge ones. Okay. But if you live in Los Angeles, you need an earthquake emergency kit. Something do you I don't have, have one? one yet. No, oh I probably
0: need to get one together, right?
2: Absolutely. I
0: haven't even felt an earthquake yet. Okay. I can't wait.
2: Don't say you can't wait. We might all die.
0: For a little tiny okay. rumble. Not the big, I wasn't wishing the big one upon <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> FYI.
2: Okay, but when you buy this food, maybe also mm. pick up an earthquake emergency kit. Okay, so no, great it.
0: idea. Yeah. Do you want an extra bucket just for your house? Yeah. Because one of these buckets could feed you and everyone here. You can run under. You'll have your underground tunnel <laughs> to Dax's place. You can fill it with buckets and you can both live under there. Eating your food, Jim Baker's food.
2: Ew. What? Waiting
0: to surface again.
2: Okay, but if it's chicken, how does it last?
0: It's it's like space food. I think it's just sealed Ew. in. I mean, it wouldn't be good. Oh. But no, there's bucket meat. Oh. I'll get us some bucket meat Ew. and some bucket rice. I'll invite you over to my place okay. for a little meal. Okay. And it will just be prepping food.
2: Okay, I would love that. Maybe
0: we'll do a taste test and I'll have one meal that's <gasps> like a normal meal I make, which okay. is also quite bad. And one which is just... Bucket food.
2: I love taste tests. Okay. This is great. This
0: is great. Water went well, so I think this prepping food would go well as oh, well.
2: Okay, this is fun. I like when we turn doomsday into fun yeah, day.
0: But there's a lot. I mean, what I really found interesting is that humans have been going underground forever. There's a reason cave paintings are in caves. Like We like places of shelter, and yeah. that's all we're doing today, except now there is also an underground bowling alley as well. Yeah, and buckets of food.
2: Commodified, that's exactly yeah. right. Wow.
0: I rent, so I can't build a bunker probably under my apartment block. I'd probably mm-hmm. get arrested. No. But you, Monica, I just want to <laughs> see it in your mind. You are <laughs> building, I believe, and I think maybe you should consider also getting a second house under your house. Yeah. You've got to be safe.
2: <laughs> I'm just surprised people are so into this when they're also so scared. It's like a universal fear of being buried alive. That's like one of the people's biggest yeah. fears. Mm. This is that.
0: No, you're right. I think it's when you've got enough space in your bunker. That fear isn't there. With modern bunkers, there's lights you can turn on. It feels safe as opposed to a claustrophobic little cave you've gone into.
2: But I think it's just the way people are choosing to look at it because it is the same.
0: Completely. (laughs) It's all perspective. Yes. It's all perspective. But, you know, eight-year-old me under the driveway in his little tunnel that his dad built. Oh cinnamon's a supporter (laughs) of the bunker that's all I'm saying I have been since I was a tiny child
2: okay well since you're our kid we'll continue in your dad's your original dad's legacy and we will build (laughs) you thanks original dad and
0: thanks to you parents (laughs) am I more American? Uh,
2: definitely you're more American than me yeah yes
0: (laughs) thanks Monica